0: Thank you for joining our podcast. We hope that this message will both teach and encourage you. Here's today's message. But Jesus knows how to do that through people who said, I can't do it, but Lord, you can do it through me. Yes, you can help me to rise to that challenge. And so we we saw some amazing things, which brings me to the title of my message this morning, which is amazing things, amazing things. Amazing things. I missed an opportunity as I closed out the message last week. And Tasha reminded me, she said, I'm really surprised you didn't say, I'm amazed you didn't say this. No, she didn't say that. She said, I'm really surprised you didn't bring that out. Because I happen to love Pixar movies. And in the movie The Incredibles, there's a little boy sitting on his tricycle. And after all of Jack-Jack going half crazy and the spaceship and, and the, the, the disgruntled wannabe superhero is, uh, is taken and zips off and Jack-Jack does what he does, when it's all done, there's a little boy sitting there and he goes, This is amazing! <laughs> I don't know about you, but I want to be that little boy on the, on the tricycle. I want to be just in the right place. To see something that is amazing. Amazing things. Something amazing captivated the attention of Moses. A burning bush that was not destroyed. Later he would go up into the presence of God on a mountain that was on fire and shaking under the literal presence of God. The chabab, the heaviness and the weightiness and significance of the revelation of God into the physical realm was so powerful it caused the earth to tremble. And it got the people of Israel's attention, but we can move into the New Testament and we can see some amazing things. And here's the challenge today. How many of you want to see some amazing things at Vision Church? How many of you want to see some amazing things amongst the people of Vision Church? How many of you want know that Lake Worth is waiting for something amazing to happen? in your life and in my life they don't realize it but they're just sitting there like a kid on the tricycle if i'm maybe near that church if i'm near some people that i think know god maybe just maybe i'll see something amazing amazing things just to kind of review very quickly last week we talked about they were devoted consecration and by the way, it's broken down in greater detail right through the week, 7 days of meditation thoughts where I take Sunday's message and break it down into 10-15 minute segments and give us an opportunity to really connect with it. So they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. So those are the f- the four features uh, the four features of the best addiction. Joshua chapter 3 talks to us about addiction. Then we move to Acts chapter 2, and what do we find? That that idea of consecration is in the New Testament. For every one of us can be addicted. Everybody say addicted. Now, we don't like to say that word because everybody knows that's a negative thing. The fact of the matter is that addiction can be positive. The problem is we tend to get addicted to negative things. Alcoholism. some people say that's not negative. There's different things that people become addicted to, and it's not healthy, not good. But there are some wonderful things you can be get addicted to, addicted to the presence of God, addicted to hearing his voice, addicted to seeing his grace move in your life, addicted to intercession. Addicted to prayer, addicted to the doctrine, the Scripture, but not just there. That'll dry you out if you're only addicted to doctrine. But lay alongside that an addiction to fellowship, getting together with God's people, imperfect though they are. You're okay, but those other believers, they're kind of not not perfect. Breaking bread together, putting your feet under the same table, opening your heart and opening your mouth at the same time, inserting food. And it's interesting, if you're eating... It gives other people a chance to talk. You can just take turns. I'll eat, you talk. And then you eat and I'll talk. And suddenly you find out that you're quiet because it's not polite to speak with your mouth full. And then it gives you an opportunity to hear what somebody else says. And the conversation shifts around the table because while somebody is eating, they can be listening. How many of you can chew and listen at the same time? Hallelujah. Isn't that wonderful? You might not be able to walk and chew gum. But you can chew food and listen. It's something so interesting that when you're eating, it opens your ears wider. Isn't that amazing? And then breaking bread and then addicted to prayer. You can refer back to that meditation and see that there's at least seven kinds of prayer. And we can have that fullness of prayer in our life. Now, we're interested if there's consecration and devotion, this addiction, it leads to something powerful. It's not just a discipline for the sake of discipline, but we understand something. When we do this, he says, consecrate yourselves, and tomorrow I will do amazing things among you. Everybody say amazing things. So amazing things are supposed to happen. Now, how many of you would like it for amazing things to dependably happen at the snap of your fingers? Right? You watch too much Bewitched growing up. (laughs) But if we're not careful, we go to the other extreme. And we say, I'm a believer, but I'm not sitting on my tricycle beside the driveway of the Incredibles waiting for something amazing to happen. We need to position ourselves with some more open heart, with some faith, with some expectation that says, you know what? In God's economy... In God's word, in God's fellowship, in the people amongst the people of God, what are we designed for? We're designed to facilitate amazing things. We're supposed to be seeing amazing things, and I will dare to say this we're supposed to be experiencing and seeing more amazing things than we are currently. Is that encouraging? I hope that's encouraging. That's not meant to be condemning. Some of you, if you're not careful, have your condemning earpiece in. Which says, pastor's getting on to me because I'm not seeing amazing things every two hours. No, that's not what I said. Let me retranslate. Let's adjust that now. Get that condemning earpiece out of there. Don't run it through that filter. We're not supposed to be content and happy with simply business as usual and tradition ongoing, we're supposed to be connected into the power and the Spirit and so that we have an expectation that we serve the God of the universe who has created everything physical and invisible, has created us, and He is desiring to come into the physical realm and demonstrate His amazing power. Would you give the Lord a hand clap? So amazing things are supposed to happen. Now, one one thing that one of the amazing things that's supposed to happen is I'm working real hard to be able to get done in 25 or 30 minutes. So if nothing else, how many of you are ready to see something amazing? Say amen. Yeah, somebody say, I'll see, believe that when I see it. So with this consecration, this preparation, it says in Acts chapter 2, it says, everyone was filled with awe. Where do we get our word awesome? Right there. What makes you feel awe when something's bigger than you, something's grander than you, when something is more complex than you, when something that is complex comes together in harmony? and beautiful unity. We see this at the orchestra. We see this at the Grand Canyon. We see this at the Cascades Mountains. We see this when we cross the Texas line and we see Welcome to Texas and we go, awesome. I'm in the greatest state of the United States of America in the greatest nation on God's green earth. I'm at the top of the heap. A number one. I don't need to go to Chicago, Chicago. I don't need to go to New York, New York. No, I can be here in Texas, and this is awesome. Everybody say awesome. awesome. <laughs> Some of you are saying, I'm not so sure, Pastor. Everyone was filled with awe. Notice it says everyone was filled with awe. Does that give you a perspective of how awesome things were? How amazing things were? Something was happening amongst them, and they, everyone was filled with awe. So amazement number one is this. This is amazing. When someone consecrates themselves to God, when they addict themselves to God, the teaching of the Word, when they addict themselves to the fellowship, when they addict themselves to breaking of bread, when they addict themselves to prayer. We're talking addiction now, folks. Everybody say addiction. It puts you into a position for amazement, number one. And this is amazing. When someone consecrates themselves to God, it brings everyone in their orbit into a new experience. Isn't that astounding? Here's, here's the bottom line. You are a spirit, you are a soul, and you are a body. And when something spiritual transacts in you, and there is an all, a new discovered awe of God, there's a revival of your spirit when life springs out into a new area of your life, other people get to participate. They may not understand it. They may not be able to understand it theologically, but they are affected by it. When the fire of God comes to a new intensity in your life, other people... Even if they're total strangers, when you're around them at Walmart, when you're around them at the store, maybe Target. Some of you are saying, I'm tired of you saying Walmart all the time, Pastor. My place is Target. When you're at CVS, when you're at the Dollar Tree or Dollar General, when you're around people and you're in their atmosphere, when you're around your family and you're encountering God, There's an amazing thing that happens. They don't realize what's going on exactly, but they know something's going on. They feel it. They experience it. What was going on was so powerful here that it was having an influence on other people. And it says, everyone was filled with awe. Now, who's the everyone? This is not the believers alone. This is not people who gathered in the upper room in Acts chapter 2, verse 4. This is the whole population of Jerusalem, the whole city of Jerusalem. Now, I'll tell you something. Nowhere in Scripture, nowhere in Scripture does it ever record that all of Jerusalem was in awe of Jesus. Read it. Nothing else to go prove me wrong. Read the Gospels. Nowhere does it say that historically when Jesus was in town, the entire city was in awe. There was always a group that was going, we're out to get him. There was a small group who believed Him. But this is after His resurrection. This is after His ascension. This is after the outpouring of the Spirit that He had promised another Comforter, just like Him, the Holy Spirit. And when these people had dedicated themselves and consecrated themselves, and this is a people of 3,000 people in number or less, in a population of hundreds of thousands, a small group. And what's happening in Jerusalem? Everyone is filled with awe. Is that amazing or what? Is that amazing or what? If Vision Church purposes, if the people of Vision Church purpose, I'm going to consecrate myself to the Lord because I want to see some amazing things tomorrow. Amen? Anybody want to see some amazing things? We walk that pathway of consecration and notice that three thousand can leverage the power of God and presence of God for three hundred thousand for a million. Oh, just a scratch in the bucket, just the smallest group of people. And yet, because of the level of their consecration, because they are totally devoted to Him, other people are finding their atmosphere shifted and changed. And they have this experience. This is awesome. I don't know what's going on, but something's happened in Jerusalem. I want the people of Lake Worth to say, I don't know what's happened in our city. Something's going on in the atmosphere. We need to find out what's going on. Something shifted. Something changed. And do you believe it can be 30 or 40 or 50 or 60 people gathering together in Vision Church saying, we are going to seek the Lord. We are going to consecrate ourselves to Him because there are some people who need to have their atmosphere changed. And we want to see something amazing. Give the Lord a hand clap. Boy, that just helped me to go right to that next point. Did you notice that? Wow. Everyone was filled with awe. Notice this. Many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. What happens when the people of God become consecrated? Not the leader of God. Not the man of God. What happens when the congregation says, we are going to devote ourselves to this? Then those who are leading, notice this, Many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. What released the apostolic ministry in Jerusalem? The consecration of the people. It wasn't the consecration alone of the apostles. It wasn't the dedication alone of the original disciples. It was the 3,000 who said, we're going to devote ourselves to the doctrine. We're going to devote ourselves to gathering together as a fellowship and praising God. We're going to addict ourselves to putting our feet under the table with one another and sharing our lives, and we're going to addict ourselves to prayer. What happens? They're supporting and sending out the apostles. The apostles are being sent out not only by God and by the Holy Spirit, but they're being sent out with purpose by the people. They're being sent out by the congregation. And they're now being released into a whole new level of ministry because of all the support and all the prayer support and all the alignment that they have in the body with them. There's now an extension of the body through certain gifts. And what happens? I'm here to tell you generally that when we do this, gifts function at a new level. What happens in a body that is consecrated? The the gifts of the Spirit come to the surface and now function in a way that they never functioned before. Isn't that powerful? How many of you want the gift of the Spirit to be stirred up inside of you? You remember what the Apostle Paul said to Timothy? He said, stir up that gift that was placed in you at the laying on of my hands. what's happening? Timothy has let go because of fear and other issues he has backed off of his consecration. He's been listening to some other voices. he's been intimidated. his very name means timid one and he and here's what Paul has to tell him to encourage him. he has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power and loving of a sound mind. Who's he talking to? Timothy. We're getting to read a letter from Paul to Timothy. What does that tell us about Timothy? He's doing just like his name says. He's being swayed. He's being moved. He's being fearful. He's being intimidated. And he's he's pulling back. And it's affecting his fire. It's affecting his consecration. So, what is Paul telling him? He's saying, Get back into your consecration, Timothy. Get back into that place. Because if you'll get back into that place, that is where you fan into flame that gift that is placed within you. And there are so many in this body that have powerful gifts that seem to be lying there dormant. How many of you want to have that active? You want to move in activity? Get into that consecrated lifestyle. What's going to happen? the flame is going to come alive. The wind of the Spirit is going to come and refresh. And then you're going to see those gifts instead of being set on the shelf, intimidated and fearful and laid to the side, discouraged. They'll be encouraged. The flame will come back. And I don't care if you're 7 or 70. I don't care if you're 8 or 80. I don't care if you're 9 or 90. And the Lord helps some of us. I don't care if you're 10 or 100. There is something that the Holy Spirit can do in you no matter your chronological age. If you'll simply move into that place of the consecrated life, there will be a refreshing fire in you and those gifts will begin to function one again. Would you give the Lord a hand clap? <laughs> and here's what I want to say. Man, if you guys will we'll all get it together here at Vision Church, you know what will happen? I'll get to function at a new level. Now, I want to say, would you all get your act together so I can go to the next level? But I, That's what I want to say, but I, that doesn't capture the whole heart of it let us come together in a divine conspiracy and said, let's discover and rediscover that consecrated lifestyle. Let us become addicted to this because there's an amazement that God wants to do at Vision Church. There's an amazement He wants to do at Lake Worth. And that is He's waiting for Vision Church, these people that are called by His name, these that are infused by the Holy Spirit, for us to step up our game and to fan into flame that gift that's been placed within us at the laying on of hands, at that unction of the Holy Spirit so that we function at a whole new level. I say new level. I don't know about you, but I like new level. I like something new. Don't you? Beat something borrowed and something blue. Wow. Amazement three. All of the believers were together and had everything in common selling their possessions and good they gave to everyone as he had need. So here's amazement three. Human relationships are supernaturally empowered. Now, how many of you know what it's like to function normally in human relations? And it can be a real drag. Because you know there's supposed to be more power, more authority. There's supposed to be something more there. We need to have more to offer over that bridgeway, over that place of human relationships. And what's going on in the early church is that human relationships are being supernaturally empowered empowered. Something is going on. They're meeting together and relationship is more important than it has ever been before. Old hurdles, ethnic barriers, language barriers, tribal barriers, Positional barriers, gender barriers, they're starting to take seriously the teaching of the disciples who says that in Christ there is neither bond nor free, rich nor poor, man nor woman. He has come to break down all of those natural barriers and release us into a supernatural relationship. Give the Lord a hand clap. Now, at this point, some of us say, that's got to be amazing. What happens when you see people get along? Whoa, this is worth noting. Because human proclivity is to find some reason to disagree and then break up. Division is more natural. Smaller groups and cliques... Getting off track and only focusing on a minor, majoring on a minor and minoring on a major. That's what happens naturally amongst human beings. We divide naturally and say this color goes with this color, this color goes with this color. This language stays with this language, this language stays with this language. This is where you should be on the earth and this is where I should be on the earth. The natural proclivity is to say, let's divide up so this is more manageable. But what is the tendency of the Holy Spirit? to take all of these natural barriers and to break them down and to do a work and to draw us together in unity. Wow. One of the great indicators to the world that something powerful is going on in a church is when they detect unity. Unity. Every one of us in this room probably have a story of a church dissolving or breaking apart because of color of carpeting, a building plan, paint, and it's usually almost always something very minor, and it blows it apart two or three different ways, and they can only talk about the glory days before that tragedy, and then when somebody presses in and says, what was that all about? Well, we had a church business meeting, and we were deciding on what kind of lighting fixtures would hang in the middle of the sanctuary. And some wanted chandeliers, and some wanted cheapo depot, We couldn't find something to agree on. The chandelier people won. I'm out of there. That? Something that is illuminated for three hours a week is something that you parted ways in Christ over? Are you kidding me? When you put it that way, they say, there had to be more. (laughs) Yeah, there was more going on than that, but you made your division over a light fixture for crying out loud. Jesus is the light. I don't think it really matters about the light fixture. Amen? But this is what happens. This is what's natural. This is what's normal on the earth, but when the Holy Spirit moves around a bunch of people, the People in Jerusalem are taking notice because all of the places they could be divided. Instead, they're meeting together. They're sharing things in common. They're selling their possessions. And we find that giving replaces acquisition as a value. Absolutely changes things. Amazement number three. We see that. Not only that, but we see them returning to the place of encounter. And their desire to constantly have a fresh encounter with God is more important to them than anything else. What do they do? They go back to the temple. Why do they go to the temple courts? Because that's where the Holy Spirit was outpoured. So every day, they go back and say, Lord, just a fresh touch. Just a rekindling. Just they're working on that consecration. They're going back to that place of the encounter with God and they're refreshing themselves and saying, right here's where He met us. Right here where He moved upon my life. Right here is our Bethel. This is our place of encounter with God. And they went back continually. Not only that, but they broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. Hospitality. Hospitality and gratitude became their top attitude it goes on to say praising god and enjoying the favor of all the people and the lord added to their number daily those who were being saved here's another part of the, another facet of that amazement number three peace and favor with others how many of you like that that even your enemies are at peace with you when this was poured out in jerusalem the first response was the people were in awe and they had favor Now how many of you know that knocks the enemy backwards? After a while, He regathers, and the later chapters develop a whole different way. But I'll tell you what, I'm looking for such an explosion of God, such a presentation of His Holy Spirit within us, refreshing us and renewing us in our consecration, that it absolutely pushes back the forces of darkness and gives us an opportunity and a time until they can regather forces and we get ready for them that we can advance the cause of the kingdom of God like never before in Lake Worth. Amen? Give the Lord a hand clap if you agree with that. And then finally, it says this And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Peace and favor with others and entrusted with life. How many of you want the Lord to entrust us with more people? You know what the pathway is? The consecrated life, alignment with Him. As we get individually aligned with Him, we as a church align with Him. And then what happens? The Lord says, now that's the atmosphere I want new people that are coming to know me to be in. This is exactly what was happening with these people. These veteran disciples and others that were following Jesus, they were touched by the Holy Spirit. They dedicated themselves and consecrated themselves. They heard that echo of Joshua. Consecrate yourselves and tomorrow you will see amazing things amongst you. What did they do? They took him at his word. They took him at his word. They consecrated themselves. And what happened? amazing things. Everybody say amazing things. Amazing things. They had peace and favor with other people. And how about this? People were added daily to their number. How many of you like adding? Isn't it better than subtracting? How many of you like multiplying? Isn't that better than division? How many of you like exponential growth? Isn't that better than the death rate? which is an exponential decline. Oh, how much better. I'm glad I serve the Lord and in the power of the Spirit, and we can have addition. We can have multiplication. We can have exponential growth. We can move into this area. Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. So here it is. Here's the question you need to resolve in your heart. We're all together on this, but really it's an individual decision. The worship team's coming at this time and we're going to go into a time of worship and this is a great time of response. You might want to turn around at your chair and make that an altar. You may want to come up to this altar here. You may want special prayer and if you'll seek me out, I'll pray for you. Healing, anything like that. Some, somebody on staff is going to be out. Those that need to go, the Lord, they're going to be there to greet you and to say goodbye to you and, and visit with you. We want to make sure that wherever you are in this room, that n- number one, we can facilitate An encounter with Holy Spirit. Because He wants to do what? Amazing things. Does God want to do an amazing thing at Vision Church? Does He? We need to resolve that question in a time of prayer. An encounter with the Holy Spirit. And here's the next question. What can you and I do to get ready for amazing things? One of the messages that T.D. Jakes preached. I just remember something he had everybody do. We're not going to do that this morning. I thought it was great. Touch your neighbor and say, get ready, get ready, get ready. Some of us can't touch our neighbor. I'm looking forward to the day where everybody can touch a neighbor. There's some empty chairs in here. How many of you know that they can be filled and refilled? We can move into a place out of this summer into a time of growth, but we need to get ready for amazing things. Here's a question. You can internalize this personally between you and the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, could you help me? What is it that I need to do? To get myself ready. For amazing things. Does he want to do amazing things in my life? Does he want to do amazing things in the life of my church? We need to answer that question. What does he want to do in my life and what needs to shift let me just speak a blessing over you as we go today. May the God of all peace and grace be upon you. And may you respond to Him this week like never before. Move closer towards Him in that act of consecration because I want to reiterate it. He wants to do something amazing in your life. Not something just circusy. Not just something weird for the sake of weirdness sake. But something amazing and I just speak that in Jesus name Lord bless you have a great day